Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today are life coaches Cindy Chavez and Jackie Gates. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And quite honestly, ladies, I'm happy to be doing anything today because we're experiencing here in the Northeast uh, some of that really, really hot weather that's passing through the central part of the country. So we've got three days of this uh, searing heat. And uh, I actually had to pull the crews out of the gardens early today, and it'll be even earlier tomorrow. So oh, wow. there's been a little uh, little stress to deal with as the customers say, but where is everybody? You were going to come. What happened? <laughs> yeah, well, we don't want workers melting on your driveway. That's right. exactly right. Yes. yes. <laughs> Visions of the Terminator. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, well, I was, I was just looking at my weather app because we were talking before the show, and you were asking me if we were having the same wave. It's 75 right now. Oh my and, God. And it's pouring rain, like pouring wow. rain. So we, I it's think always, be, yeah, it's always in the eighties, I think today. In the eighties. Yeah. So it's, it's hotter where you are than where we are. That's yeah. Good. Amazingly. <laughs> that, seriously, that's the way it's been going this year. Depending on where you are in the country, it's going to be yeah. weird compared to other parts of the country. It's so you know, strange. That's, that's what's been yeah. Um, so anyway, I had, I, I had a topic in mind for today. I wanted to talk about self-care, and there are a couple of reasons I'm bringing that in. One reason I want to bring that in is because I've been having some really nice conversations with listeners. That's one of the nice things about being in, in Taya Boot Camp, because there are listeners who are in there, too. I get to know them, get to talk with them. And one of them made a comment to me yesterday that really just went home with me. She said, the, the last show you did yesterday, we had uh, David Strickle on doing the stream of David, so we had a lot of questions on that. And... Her, her comment was, the, the the show that you put on was a lifeline for me. I wow. Thought, wow. 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 That's, you know, that just really brings home how important the Daily Dose of Happy is for people. And, and I'm glad of that. It's a wonderful thing. But it also brings to mind self-care really, really is important. And especially it's important in light of what's happening both um, in individual people's lives and on the broader scale regionally and nationally here in the United States. And I'll tell you a little story that kind of brought it home for me uh, from, I think it was two days ago. Now here, I, I live in Connecticut and in the context of the COVID epidemic pandemic, we are one of the most vaccinated states in the country. So we're not seeing the kind of spikes that other areas are seeing and so forth. Um, for the most part, people have been unmasked since May and uh, it's been pretty low key, which has been great. I've been loving that. Um, but I went to Walmart and as I walked into the store, there was a woman up front in Walmart uniform and she had some masks on the counter. She said, would you like a mask? And I said, I, I, I stopped for a minute thinking, well, did the governor issue a mandate that I hadn't heard about? Maybe I missed something, right? So I said, do I need one? And her colleague was there and he says, no, no, she was just asking if you wanted one. I said, oh, well, thank you, but no thank you. And I went into the store. Now, they haven't been doing that. That's not something that's been going on for the last three months. All of a sudden, they decided that customers needed to have masks offered to them as like a, you know, an extra benefit for coming into Walmart. And that's when they hit me. All of the stuff that's coming out in the news, all of the, the stuff about spikes in Florida and, and well, in Louisiana, Louisiana is experiencing big spikes right now. Um, is taking a toll again, which we saw last year during the pandemic. And, and you could almost predict it as, as, you know, 
as the word got hotter and hotter, so did the pandemic. It was just, it was like a direct parallel. So that tells me, okay, regardless of what's going on with the Delta variant or anything else, it's going back up again. So that's why I think it's really important to focus on not only self-care, but also self-care in the context of people want to be able to help other people when things like this is going on, or things like this are going on. So I wanted to start off, first of all, to have each of you ladies kind of weigh in on what you would like to recommend to your clients and what even perhaps you do for yourselves when it comes to self-care. And then also on the broader question of how to help others with self-care and you know, other care, I guess you could call it, um, when situations like this are going on. So uh, Cindy, let's go to you first. Um, what, how, do you, how do you respond to clients who are needing this kind of assistance and advice? Yeah, I'll just jump in here and say Cindy is a self-care guru. She is so spot on at this. I agree. That's why I went to her. I, knew that before. <laughs> I want to say first that a lot of times when people hear the term self-care, especially women, uh, their mind immediately goes to um, manicures and getting massages and bubble um, baths. Bubble bath. Yeah, I'm the bubble bath queen. Um, and that's all that's all great um but i put that in the category called pampering um which might be like a subset of self-care but real self-care um i'm so this is such a great topic right now um the place i always go first with people is really basic are you sleeping well do you have good sleep hygiene meaning you don't watch tv in your bedroom you don't look at your phone screen for an hour right before bed. You know, I'm guilty of my phone screen sometimes. Don't have, I've never had a TV in my bedroom. Um, but are you sleeping well? Are you drinking enough water? Are you eating healthy food? Right. And then what, uh, what you're putting in is not just food, but also any, anything you're listening to, anything you're reading, right? What are you consuming? Uh, news, uh, Twitter, right? You know, uh, what you're listening to. And so, the reason why I go there first is because as a conscious creator or even an unconscious creator, <laughs> we're always creating from our foundation. So if you imagine someone who's never taking care as far as getting enough sleep, they're dehydrated, they don't eat well, how are they going to create something out of that foundation that's really optimal, right? So I always start there. And then I think it's really important that we recognize that fear is a really valuable emotion. It keeps us safe a lot of the time, but we don't want it always in the driver's seat. So we want, you know, because sometimes people go on this thing about fear-based decisions and they really, really get down on fear-based, making any fear-based decisions. And they make it sound like if you've ever made a fear-based decision, you are automatically wrong. Well, you know, and I always come back with, well, ask any woman that escaped being raped. Mm. Right. I mean, you're in a dark alley and you hear something behind you and your intuition says you need to get out into the light and get out of here quick. Do you say, oh, that's a fear based decision. I'm going <laughs> to slow my roll a little bit and see what these gangsters are up to. Right. No. Yeah. Like, listen. So. There's a lot of propaganda out there right now and disinformation and fearful things. And then sometimes whatever stream you get into, right, you'll see people piling on like 
yes, the the hospital wards right now in New Orleans and where my sister's a nurse in San Francisco, the the children's ICU units are full mm-hmm. from from COVID, from this variant, right? And that's a fact. It really is happening. And that's scary when you hear it. So when all you're reading is those threads and then you're reading people commenting who are scared and they're adding more and more and more to it. I mean, I've caught myself saying, Oh, I gotta, okay, I gotta switch gears here and find something else, find the other part of the story, right? And there is another part of the story because we are more and more people are getting vaccinated. And those numbers are shifting a little bit, right? So if we will focus on that part with, without making it wrong for us to see what's going on, I think there's that balance. It's like, I want to be well informed and I also don't want to be hiding under my bed. Um, so there's that. I mean, that's my viewpoint and taking care of self starts with the really basic stuff, hydrating yourself, sleeping well, feeding yourself healthy food, and then paying attention to what you're consuming as far as conversations, as far as media, as far as what are you reading, and make sure that you're getting, uh, that you're staying informed while not overwhelming yourself. When you start to feel constricted and afraid, take a deep breath and take a break. <laughs> I mean, that's what I've got. That's where I start. That's a great start. I love that. Jackie, why don't you pile on a little bit? <laughs> okay. Um, yes, absolutely. You need to be informed, but I'll tell my clients, you don't have to be inundated. There's a big difference. Informed, but not inundated. And make sure that you are getting your information <clears throat> from a varying amount, either various sources or one source that you trust. Um and, yeah, what you consume, not just physically but metaphysically, is very, very important, which is why a daily dose of happy is as important mm-hmm. as your eight glasses of water, right? This is, this is where we are. And um, remembering that we, we don't have to abdicate full responsibility to what we are already able to um, accomplish in our lives. We can tend to ourselves. Um, the circumstances can change, but if we have, if we have a, a rule that we go to bed at like nine o'clock so that we're asleep by 10 and we sleep through till six and we make sure that that is something that happens in our world, we can make sure we have that power. We can be that sovereign. We tend to, um, when the world feels like it's burning, uh, you know, literally and figuratively, <clears throat> it's really easy to forget how much power we have over our personal worlds. And that um, because humans are both, um, you know, we are both collective, but we are also very sovereign within ourselves. We have this ability to do both. Um, and focusing on the, the, the way we would like to navigate something. Sometimes we can't change the outcome and we can't change the, um, you know, we can't change the powers that be right now or we can't change 
people's minds. Maybe there's somebody that's, whose mind you'd really love to be able to just change, but you can't. So you have to change. The only thing you can change is how you navigate this experience. Are you going to add to the trauma or are you going to add to the information? Are you going to add to the fear? Are you going to be a source of comfort and wisdom or are you going to be a source of hype and agitation, right? There are, you get to choose that. That is your power. And um, I will always ask myself, how and who do I want to show up as in this situation? And that is, that governs my decisions. And to tap back into the basics, the, the, the very foundational basics that Cindy mentioned, change and all navigation of life requires energy. If you are depleted, your brain will find the easiest route. And the easiest route is an, what they call an amygdala hijack. It's your lizard brain. It's danger, danger, Will Robinson. That is where it's going to go. If you are dehydrated, if you are not, if you don't have the sleep, if you are constantly under more than, than your normal amount of stress. So those pieces help you navigate. Putting those pieces in place help you surf the wave, help you ride out this um, circumstance in a way that feels like it's going to you're, you're going to at least be vertical when you get to the other end, right? So <laughs> this is important. But your brain won't see it like that if it's too tired to make that decision. Oh, that's so, so, so good. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you have to decompress, and I, I recommend decompression all the time. I will say to somebody, you get half an hour a day to get your news. Then it's done. Done. Because people keep checking in. I found myself, I got a CNN addiction. I used to keep checking. And every time I checked, they'd flash another headline and I'd go, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, the, the world is dying. Um, and then I'd forget my own power because I abdicated to what I read. I abdicated to what, I've, what I'm seeing, which basically is other people's agenda. It's not mine. They are not necessarily looking out for me they are looking out for stockholders bottom line clicks um i mean it's hard to take that but i know that from looking into um advertising on a certain social media platform that will remain unnamed but uh <laughs> but what they wanted me to do was to create headlines that were about that were that were more triggery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're going to find a pain point and lean on it. Right. This is the point. And so firstly, you've got to, you've got to mitigate the, the bruise. You've got to heal the bruise so that when people do lean on it, it's not quite so terrifying and, and earth shattering literally. Um, and then start choosing all your nourishment from a specific, you know, that, that supports you. And you'll know, you're, you know when it supports you because of how you feel afterwards, how you feel in the consuming of it. So like, Walt, your, your, your person telling you your, your podcast is a lifeline. There is relief in there. There is calm. There is love. There is compassion. There's this, we're all in this together thing. There's optimism, right? This is what you can choose to nourish yourself with. 
Or what happened? Be like I was and keep going to CNN and eventually just want to hide under the bed, you know, because, right. yeah. So, um, remembering that, that all of this requires bandwidth and capacity as a human and that you get from the very basics of functioning as a human. Water, sleep, love, rest. These are the things that we, we need to take care of, especially when life gets wobbly. And, you know, you were talking about the, the, the reptilian brain, the amygdala hijack. And something interesting is that um, we, when we get, uh, I think the word technically is dysregulated, Mm-hmm. Um, when we get freaked out, yeah. <laughs> when we have any kind of trauma, right, where we start feeling constricted or, you know, it doesn't feel good. I mean, that's how we know that one of the ways, one of the best ways to regulate our nervous system is is co-regulation. And, and that's being with someone else. And if you can hug them, hug them. I know that's tricky during COVID, but if you already live with someone and you don't yeah. live alone and you can get some hugs in, that's important. And I'm not talking about sex. Sex is fantastic. That's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just holding a hand, giving a hug. Um, human to human connection causes our nervous system to start to regulate again. Mm-hmm. And that's why we sort of naturally want to be held. Mm. Um, and so, and if you don't hug your, if you don't live with someone and you don't have someone that you can safely hug during a pandemic, um, hug yourself, hug a pillow. Um, believe it or not, I mean, I've had clients do this before, right? Say, grab a pillow, go grab a throw pillow and put it in your lap. Why? Because it will help our nervous system regulate. We feel safe. That's why if you've ever noticed sometimes Someone having a hard conversation will grab a pillow and like hold it in front of themselves. Why? Because yeah. it, it causes our body to feel safer. So mm-hmm. if we can, if we can do that, yes. Yeah. So Jackie added into the hydration and the healthy food and the enough sleep. Sleep is my first one. Um, love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I do it. Um, I recommend a 20 second hug. There's actually been studies about how your parasympathetic nervous system resets within 20 seconds of hugs and so and it has to be it's it less than 20 seconds and you're kind of robbing yourself but it can be longer but i will go in to my husband and say can i have a medicine hug and he will he knows that he stays there until i say okay i'm done right and my daughter's taught this to her kids that and if you don't have a person well, firstly, explain because it gets to, it, there is a moment where it starts to feel a little awkward and you have to, for the other person, you have to wait until the person who needs it feels that reset. And it's a literal, it's so interesting because your body will go, ah, and you'll feel it, right? And so that's the moment. And if you don't have somebody stroking a cat, interestingly, well, don't try and hug a cat. A cat generally (laughs) will not put up with that unless they've chosen to. But stroking a cat, that pillow trick, or else simply wrap your arms around so that your, your elbows form a shield over your heart. You want to give yourself compression over your chest, which is the piece of the hug that you're getting, right? So you want to do that. Um, and then warm water will do the same, a, a soak in a bath. It'll do the same kind of thing. But a 20-second hug is, I think we all know that. It's like that's homework. 20-second hugs twice a day. 
Um, one of my one of my clients made a little check sheet that she stuck on her on her fridge, and she was she said, "Yeah, we need to go in there and make sure it happens," um, because it is one of the few times that we can deliberately reset our parasympathetic systems. Um, that doesn't cost anything more than half a minute, right? It's but it's so important. There's another trick to that hug too. Um, I was reading an article a while back that was talking about when you hug someone, um, majority of people are right-handed and they hug in a certain way, but you want your left arm to be over the shoulder because that puts your heart where your heart to heart. And when that happens, it physically causes that regulation to start mm-hmm. happening or co-regulation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, That's why they put babies up against your chest. They mm-hmm. they will put they, they talk about skin to skin, but it's really heart to heart. It's yes. right flat up against your chest. Um you are a, a, an electrical machine. You know, there is there right. is literal magnetism and electricity and we can take advantage of it. Um so mm-hmm. yes, those are those are the things that will that will definitely help. Um and if you can think of it when you're in the middle of a wobble, go and get a 20-second hug from somebody who understands and you've explained this. Do explain beforehand because try <laughs> to explain while you're in the wobble. Yeah, you just right. But, but explain what it is. Go in for a medicine hug and feel it. You will feel it. It will click in your system. It, it is visceral and it's so good. I'm looking forward to telling my wife about the 20 second reset. She's going to love it when she understands. Yeah, 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 you know, and it's so interesting because it's it's um it's not something that we we do it. We just go in for a hug, but we don't stay mm-hmm. there. Not not long, not most of the time. Well, we do so actually, it, but I understand what you mean. Yeah, but you know, it's like we do, and and it's, but I don't think it's 20 seconds. That's really. Quite a, it's quite a long time when you're just standing there doing nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is, but it is very, it's, it, and with kids, oh, kids love it. If you can put a small person in your, in your lap and you mm. go heart to heart and, and just say, okay, now just stay here till you feel better and your body will tell you when you feel better. And that's it. And you can watch the clock. They don't have to. And you can just say, okay, so how's it going? So no, a bit more, a bit more. All right. Okay. And now I'm done. And then off you're done, and it's like, okay, now let me go. I've got things to do. And also go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and that's how it works. So it's, uh, we are, you know, we can do the insides and the outsides. We can do all the brain and thought work we want. But when it comes to body stuff, that's, we are, we are human machines. And okay, that's where, I, that's I, where I, we store traumas in the body, not in the mm-hmm. brain. We always yeah. try to think our way out of it, but we have to pay attention to the body. And so while talking about fear, uh, most of the time that's connected to some past trauma, even, even just like, we don't want to get sick. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we're masking up and getting vaccinated. We don't want to get sick. I had someone tell me they were afraid of the vaccination. They didn't want the vaccination. I said, look, we don't know the long-term effects, but we're trying to put a fire out here. And I'm not afraid of dying, but I'm more afraid of COVID than I am of the vaccine. I have a client, I have a client with long COVID and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bad one. And, you know, it's so, so we do what we need to do to be able to stay here as long as we want to. And this is part of it. This is really part of it. Um, and double downing on the fear is not going to help. No, no. And that's why pay attention to what your body 
is telling you in the moment, right? Like you read something or whatever. And like Jackie said, I love Jackie, I love this idea. 30 minutes to, to do the news. You know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like checking email all day long. Somebody that I know decided to just check their email once a day. Mm-hmm. They check it at three o'clock in the afternoon and they spend from three to four answering email and that's it. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, <laughs> that's a really good idea. I don't know if I can put, I'm, I'm, Jackie's addicted to CNN. I'm addicted to checking email, right? So it's like, I was <laughs> addicted to CNN. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but I think that, you know, that's, that's really wise. Mm. I had a client, I had a client who lowered, you know, you'll find out. Yeah. I had yeah. a client who lowered her stress level just by taking off her Apple watch. Wow. Because oh every, every buzz, of a notification, of an email, or whatever. She wears it during work hours because she's she's in that kind of a job. But when 5 o'clock comes, she takes her watch off. And that is such a, a, a tangible separation from work life that she was able to that just decompress, right? And so it's so – these are the small things. And we don't notice because the um, – these habits are so small, so incremental. Right. Like, for example, your weather event. Well, so you're going to be, you're going to be checking the weather more often than you normally would. You would be checking on these things, checking, you know, whatever it is. Um, I'm in Minneapolis when we had the George Floyd riots, um, mm-hmm. and, and all that, you know, the, the, the community was up in arms. I was checking websites that I don't usually just to see whether I could walk to the store because my store sure. was up. Close that way, past the law courts. I had to see that. What I found was after everything simmered down, I was still checking. Mm-hmm. I was still because that little habit had snuck in while I was under pressure. And mm-hmm. I'm going, okay, the situation has changed. We do not have to do that anymore. And we see people carrying a, a practice that got them through a survival moment, a survival event, but they keep going. And so, you know, you, you end up making that way of being your normal way of being when, in fact, the situation has changed and you can let that go. So mm-hmm. there's, there's things to pay attention to, and it's basically mindfulness. It's noticing how you're processing, noticing how you're carrying this event and how you want to show up for it and making sure that you have the physical and mental capacity to show up for it in the way you want to. I want to share a couple of comments from the, the live stream that are particularly poignant to what we're talking about. First of all, Jeffrey gets it. He gets why I even brought up the topic in the first place. He says, self-care includes connecting with people who also are self-care experts. Yes, Jeffrey, that's why I'm doing this with Cindy and Jackie. They are self-care experts. Well done, guy. You got it. Absolutely. Vanessa says, I hug my cats. Yes. (laughs) I've never had a huggable cat. (laughs) My cats were always so very standoffish. Remember, I was a god type cat. They don't. (laughs) And the Jeffrey has a question. What about imagining or remembering hugs? How does that work? Does that work with the same way? I think if you do the physical thing, I don't see why not. Our brains are brilliant. Um. You know, I really think if you, I think you need the physical thing. Your body needs that mm-hmm. constraint around your chest, that, that, um, that sensation, the literal sensation. Um, but yeah, I, I don't see why not. 
Yeah, there's a um the the heart math people actually have a meditation. Uh, well, I don't know if to call it a meditation. It's very very quick, but it part of it involves um thinking of a, a memory that creates a happy memory for you, something that felt good to you, and then focusing on your heart, your physical area in your body of your heart. And so I don't see why not. I think if you if it's the next best thing, you know, and the other thing is that if you can get a hug or even like Jackie said, do that compression with yourself, be mindful at the moment to really remember what it feels like in a body sense, because then you can pull that memory back up. And, you know, it's it's um, powerful to do that. I did that when my uh, when my little dog was dying. I knew that I was only going to have her for another few days. And I kept picking her up and hugging her. And at one point, I realized that it wasn't ever going to be enough. I could hug her from now and not stop for five days, and then it would still never be enough. So I was holding her, and I decided that I would memorize what that felt like, like where I could feel it in my bones, where I would just really remember it. And it's been it's been a few years now and I can still pull that up mm-hmm. and it's like, she's right here. Like I can remember it. So I think that would be a great exercise to do anytime you do get the chance to hug someone. And if not do it with yourself, memorize what that feeling, that feeling of safety is what it actually is, what it feels like. Then you can tap back into it. I mm-hmm. love that suggestion, Jeffrey. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And now I'm deeply envious of Vanessa's five huggable cats. I mean, seriously, five of them. Holy cow, that is incredible. What about I your mean, cats, Walt? Walt has two cats. Are they huggable? Harmony loves to be hugged, I would say, not for extended periods of time. 20 seconds would be excessive for her. <laughs> jo- Joy could probably handle it as long as I am not actually doing any compression. In other words, if I just have the arms around him without actually pulling him in any way, he likes that. But anything more than that, yeah, that would be too much for him. And it's interesting that the purr of a cat is, oh, um, yeah. it's a, it's a thrum that you can feel. I love that word thrum. Very um, you can feel it. It's a vibrate. It's literal vibration, right? And mm-hmm. it has a note that we resonate with. That's why we love that sound. And that's why they keep doing it. They know that. Yeah. Yeah. They know that too. Yes. Absolutely. And so you can, um, and so stroking a cat, getting the purring, feeling that it, it's the same sort of thing. By the way, I've got to also do a, a little toss back to a few minutes ago when you made the reference to Will Robinson, Danger Will Robinson. And uh, I wanted to thank you for that for two reasons. First of all, because it shows that a 50-year-old sitcom can still influence us today. Right. The second, the second reason is because the title of it was perfect for what the title of this show was. It was Lost in Space. And that's the way we often feel, right? When we're, <laughs> we're dealing with all these things, we feel like, oh, my God, I'm lost in space. I don't know what to do. Right. When I grew up in South Africa, we didn't have television when I was growing up. We didn't have Mm -hmm. television when my kids were growing up, actually. We, uh, we only got television late, mid eighties. So, um, so I only got to see these as reruns and on, Mm. um, you know, on YouTube and that kind of thing. So I had to do a whole lot of catching up. So (laughs) I knew the meme before I ever saw the programs, but yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's, uh, Everybody knows, right? When you say danger, danger will run oh, yeah. everybody. Whether they're American or not, they know. It doesn't matter where they are on the planet. It makes no yeah. difference. And they redid the show, and it's pretty good. So go watch the new Oh, it did? I haven't seen it. <laughs> 
Oh, that's cool. I'm glad they redid it. That's a good thing. So, um, so yeah. I, well, first of all, I love all the different ideas you guys are sharing here about self-care because, well, first of all, it's the topic. Second of all, because it's a good reminder that there are all these different options. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you're doing. You're basically laying out a smorgasbord. You're laying yeah. out, here's all the different things you can do. You pick the ones that work for you. And don't yeah. diminish the very basics, the very, mm-hmm. very basics, the sleep, the hydration, the nourishing food. Um, and don't forget, self-care can be also about what you stop doing as much as what you start doing. Like CNN. Like CNN, um, you know, or stop saying things like, oh, my God, the world is whatever. You know, mm-hmm. stop um, stop yourself when you catch a spiral. Stop um, stop having, you know, the news be the very first thing you check in the morning. Maybe you'll get your dose of happy and then go get the news. So, um, you know, it's it's life is about as much of what we stop as what uh, stop doing as what we start doing. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's a great point. Works. And in fact, uh, as as you were talking about your own former addiction to CNN news, <laughs> <laughs> it brought to mind that, uh, uh, well, it was actually Joel Elston who first proposed the idea of eliminating news. And he actually eliminated it from his life. I eliminated it for a time. I brought it back in little tiny doses. And that's the way it's been since then. But that act of eliminating it entirely, which is kind of daring for some people, you know, they, they feel like I really have to stay informed. I need to know what's going on. And then just to pull that away, that's almost traumatic. For some it is. It is. And yet, and yet yeah. when you do it, oh my goodness. I did it for like five years. When yeah. I, you've heard me tell this story before. I don't know if Jackie has, but when I uh, was making an application for coaching school back in 2008, I guess, um, one of the questions on the application was, do you watch the news? And it was yes, no. And then regardless of what you answered, it said, how has this affected your life? And at the time, I never watched the news. I hadn't watched the news for years. And so do you watch the news? I said, no. And it said, how has this affected your life? And I said, I've never missed a hurricane. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> because I live in hurricane country. And believe me, I've never missed one, right? Mm-hmm. No. That's sort of the point. Is like That's what I said before. Look, if I check the news like Jackie recommends, once a day for 30 minutes and no more, if something happens before the next day at that time that I need to know, I'm probably going to find out. <laughs> Someone's yeah. going to let me know, right? Mm-hmm. My, my habit Absolutely. is to go through uh, Google News because you can just scan the headlines that way. And I'll tell you what my most common reaction is after, because that way I can limit it to like, you know, 60 seconds, let alone 30 minutes. I don't, 30 minutes, that's way overkill as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I don't 60 need, seconds, I can No, I don't either, but some yeah. people need it. <laughs> but but I'll, I'll scan for, for that 60 seconds. And then I'll, I'll, I mean, this is like the reaction I have eight times out of 10. Well, that was 60 seconds I'll never get back. <laughs> like, well, I just wasted time. And I keep doing mm-hmm. it over and over again. Every single day, I do it once a day, right? So mm-hmm. the habit is still there and the habit is actually counterproductive, but I keep going back to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting. And you know, I, I have media free days where mm-hmm. I don't, I don't check social media. I don't, I mean, I'll check my emails, but I scan for clients basically and I'll answer those. And then the other ones I don't pay any attention to. Um, but media free days are incredibly rejuvenating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we make sure to watch 
only things that won't get me won't get us agitated so we watch old movies or whatever no sport because i just you'll find me bouncing up and down on the couch screaming at the teams so um we don't watch sport on <laughs> but you know um it's it, it media free days are um Something that's a very modern problem, right? And we're solving a very modern problem. We don't realize just how inundated we are with, um, with, with news, with information. I walk through the skyways in Minnesota, uh, in Minneapolis, and there are probably about four or five TV screens with headlines running. There's one in the foyer of my building. Yeah, you know, so it's just like, even as I'm walking somewhere, I'm going to see them and your brain will pick them up because that's what we do. Um, So having that decompression time, it's part of your recentering. It's part, that's what self-care is for is to bring you back to yourself. Um, And, and so I would highly recommend it. You can, you can make it a, a certain day of the week or even just an evening time or an afternoon or whatever, but make it media free and choose what you watch on TV very carefully. Choose something that you love, something that you know is not going to scare the crap out of you, um, any of those things. Like when my son was living here, he would say to me, um, I'm going to be watching a horror movie, so don't come in to the lounge for the next two hours. Because if he's watching something and I happen to walk in in the grossest part, I've got that. I've got that for the next 48 hours. I find it very hard to let go horror stuff, especially when it involves children or animals. I just, sure. um, so it is, and, and interestingly, sadly, my first media-free day was to recover from, there was a, I think they were Greece. It was Greece. There was a refugee boat that overturned, and there was a picture of a little boy, a two-year-old mm-hmm. on the beach. And at the time, my grandboy was that age, and, oh. and I, I was so viscerally there with his mother that I just, and I couldn't turn this empathy off. It was just, and, and I was, I was a wreck. And I was like, okay, I have to just not see anything until I'm sure this story is done. Because as horrific as things are, the new cycle will move on because the new cycle needs to be new. Hello. Mm-hmm. So they will always <laughs> look for new stuff. Um, so I had to give myself at least three or four days for the story to end. And that was my first media free portion and I was aware firstly how long it took me to shake off this this experience that I'd had this co-created experience that I shared with another mother half a planet away um because don't forget good media that's what they do it's the same as theater right if I can Mm -hmm. make cry when somebody who actually doesn't exist dies on the stage Right. This is what theater is. This is what news is now. It's not words on a newspaper page anymore. It's pictures and sounds and feelings. It is designed to stimulate you. Remember that and give yourself time to decompress. And so, um, you know, the media channels like to tell you they're fact-based. They may be, but they're also entertainment channels. And you have to remember the power of theater. Theatre will get you feeling things that are not actually your experience. And right. so that is their skill, and that's the piece that you have to protect yourself from. 
And your reptile brain doesn't know the difference. Exactly. That's the point. That's why visualization works is because we do that for good. This is us doing it for bad. And Mm -hmm. we the same chemicals, the same brain chemicals that would happen if it were actually happening right in front of you or to you. And Mm -hmm. it's fiction and you know it's fiction and your brain still does. Yeah, but I mean, who hasn't sat and sobbed in a theater chair going, oh my God, you know, Lucy died. It's like this character doesn't even exist and we are feeling it. You know, when, when Sherlock Holmes was killed off by Conan Doyle, the entirety of England, everybody, they reckon that everybody who could write wrote into the newspaper and said, Conan Doyle needs to be shot, hung, drawn, and quartered. He murdered this person. Oh, yeah. And going, it's a character in a book. And I'm going, no. The the Strand Magazine, that's where the stories appeared. The Strand Magazine lost half their subscribers when they did Yeah. Yeah, oh it's God. an amazing Holy thing. Cow. And so this, if nothing else from this conversation, remember this story when you are watching the news. Remember what it's designed to do. You can get the facts, like Walt says, in 30 seconds or less. But you, the story, the story has an agenda that is not yours. I like the way you talk about not just news-free days, but media-free days. Oh, yeah, media. Right. Not just news, it's any kind of media. I know, you know, I, I just took 10 days off, and one of the things I did during that time is I I bought a new sketchbook and a bunch of acrylic inks, and I determined, and I have been faithful, um, I determined to just make a daily practice of working, painting in a sketchbook um, just for me. You know, just because it takes me away from media, it takes me away from noise, and it puts me in a space where it's very meditative and I can be creative. And I'm not thinking about all that other stuff. Believe me, when you're trying to paint a picture, you're probably not thinking about, you know, the the vaccination uh, disinformation because you're just not over there right then, right? You can think about it later. And so I know I'm an artist, so some people say, well, but I'm not an artist, but, you know, Sometimes people say to me, um, oh, I wish I could draw, but I'm not an artist. And I say, well, get a sketchbook and draw in it every single day for a year and then come back and tell me that you can't draw. You won't because you can't draw because you never practice, right? Mm-hmm. So anything that you do that can put your focus on, whether it's some kind of art. I mean, there's a reason why we have art therapy because making art even if you're a terrible at it, make just the pro- finger paint, just the process of making art is therapeutic. Yes. Right. And and so it's just another, it's just grab a thing that you can do for 30 minutes or an hour or two or however long and just make a practice out of it because mm-hmm. that takes you away from focusing on things going on in the world that bring that reptile brain to life. Right. That's we we want to not do that as much as possible. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't think of myself as an artist either. I do think there's a difference between drawing and being an artist. I can draw. I I doodle treble clefs on everything because I was a soprano. So treble clefs, I know how to draw a several clefs. I'll I'll doodle that. Illustration and art are two different things. Right. But but things like um, cooking something, following a new recipe. Yes. For example, gardening, sewing, um, tending to your flaws. I, I know I, I bring everything back to house care, but there's a reason that the Balinese culture sweep their floors first thing every morning. 
They sweep out the debris of the previous day. And sweeping mm-hmm. is a repetitive, meditative motion. You can sweep and just notice what you're sweeping up. That's all. Um, so there are plenty of things that – and art is really the high creative thing. But um, for me, it would have been singing. It would have been learning a new aria, for example, mastering some turn of phrase in Italian in a language I don't speak. Um, recently, I have taken to having lunch as a practice. I I am creating – my husband has a smoothie every single my Virgo. He, yeah, smoothie every day, five days a week. This hedonist goes, oh, my God, I'm bored after the first day. So I'm making lunch for myself, especially I have a salad and something, and I make sure it's in my prettiest bowl, and then I'm taking myself out onto my balcony, and I'm eating, not doing anything else. It has been ridiculously hard. I keep thinking, I'll just bring a book. Or maybe I'll take my Kindle with me. Or, you know, it, does it matter if I sit and play five rounds of solitaire on my on my PC while I'm eating? Yeah, it actually does matter because I notice the difference in the mindfulness. So when I sit for that 10 minutes, and really it doesn't take long, if you're not distracted, you finish a meal fairly soon, um, and the food tastes better, I feel more satisfied which is really interesting. That's the piece that I've noticed is that I'm more satisfied with my food because I'm paying attention to it, right? Um, And it's turning into this whole little practice that I'm kind of loving. So this chunk of being screen-free in the middle of my day, and my Kindle is like my lifeline. I don't buy a lot of actual books. I buy them if 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 I really want to keep them, but most of the ones that I'm not sure yet, if they're still transitory, um, and I just want to read them there on my Kindle, screen time. So I, I, I'm making this screen-free chunk in what is otherwise a screen-filled day. It's really starting to pay off, and I'm starting to notice that it's like a reset button. Um, so I love this idea. Yeah. It's been very cool, I must admit. Um, so, and, it, and it was just a happenstance because the, the weather has been so perfect for Minnesota, you know, our, our summers are two days long. Um, so we, <laughs> so going out onto the balcony, watching them repairing the bridge, watching them build the new Four Seasons Hotel, and just enjoying my food and the sunshine. And, you know, even if I have to bundle up because it's a bit breezy, it's fine. It's just been that screen-free mindfulness. Um, it's made a difference. So enjoy that if that if you have the time and space in your day to do it. It's worth it. That's really good. I, I got to share a couple of comments from the live stream. First of all, Anna checked in about 10 minutes ago and said, hi, everyone just joined in. I just wanted to say I love listening to Cindy and Jacqueline. Look forward to Wednesday's show. Can't always listen to it live, but listen on the podcast. Yay, thank, you. Anna. thank you, Anna. So That's bad. fabulous. And then Vanessa, just before that, said, I've eliminated some people from my life because they were, shall we say, not helpful for my well-being. What do you guys think yeah. about that? What you stop doing is as important as what you start doing. So when you stop talking to people who are unhelpful, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's difficult sometimes to make that happen. And sometimes there's a way of um, recognizing the parts of a relationship that are helpful and then just trying to keep those. And it actually can be done, um, but sometimes it can't be done. Sometimes Mm -hmm. 
people are who people are. And if they're always showing up with something that's putting you in a space uh, that you don't want to be in, then, you know, sometimes we have to do that. I have yeah. to give some props to social media too, particularly Facebook, because on Facebook, you can unfollow somebody and still be friends. Yes. I think it's the most wonderful tool that was ever. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. 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 Right. It's a lot of friendships good and you don't have to put up with the stuff that you don't want to have to put up mm-hmm. with. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, especially now in the time that we're in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's important for your mental well-being, for your emotional health to make sure that it, hopefully the bulk of the relating that you do with people is not full of strife and contention and arguments and, you know, different uh, views that can turn into conversations that don't feel good. You know, it's yeah. like it's it's important to be able to have conversations that are meaningful. And sometimes that doesn't mean we always agree with people, but there's a way to have a conversation when we're not in agreement that isn't um, full, that isn't violent. Right. And diminishing. Yeah, that's one of the things I, I teach is nonviolent communication. There is a way to do it, but we don't all know those tools and we don't all have those skills. And you just have to do the best you can. And so if if someone that's in your life is putting you in a place where it's harming your well-being, then you have to do what you have to do. This is great. Now, we've got about 10 minutes left, and I want to devote the remaining 10 minutes to a part that we haven't really addressed yet, but I know you guys are going to have a whole lot to say on it. So I don't know if 10 minutes is going to be enough, but we will see what happens. And that's the self-love portion of the whole thing. Because if you're going to be involved in self-care, self-love has to be a big portion of that. If if your self-esteem is not up there, self-care is going to be tough. Self-care is going to be a challenge. But it's even more necessary. It is. I asked a client if I could have permission to share her story around this Ooh. just this week. So I want to talk about it for a second. I, I won't hog the whole 10 minutes. I promise. <laughs> so I have a client that I was encouraging her to do mirror work. And if you don't know what that is, it's very, very simple. It is looking at yourself in the eyes, in the mirror every day and basically telling you, telling yourself you love yourself, giving yourself a pep talk. It may just be me looking in the mirror into my eyes and saying, I love you so much. I know today was really hard, but you know what? You did the best you can and tomorrow's another day, right? Or it might be, I love you so much and wow, you just aced today. Today was amazing, right? But it's always the way you would speak to someone you love. You want to encourage them. And if they've had a bad day, it's okay. We all have bad days. It's going to be okay. You're okay and you're doing great. I love you so much. It's just that. And it's very hard for most people to start this practice. They feel stupid. They feel ridiculous. They have trouble looking into their eyes. And I, my client was having a hard time with this practice and kept resisting it. And so I, I said, okay, fine. And I said, let's move on to this other practice, which she did not want to do. And I said, well, I'm telling you what, I know you're resistant to the mirror work, but it's the most bang for your buck that you're ever going to get for 30 seconds a day. I can give you some other practices, but you're going to have to spend a lot more time. And this is 30 seconds. So (laughs) finally, she said, okay, all right, I'll do it. A week later on our call, um, she said, gosh, she's in the market for a relationship. And she said uh, next week or the second week, it was no no more than two weeks. She said, wow, the things that have been happening are really amazing. 
I'm getting so much attention, like so much attention. And she said, here's the weird thing. People keep telling me I'm cute. People keep saying to me, wow, you're really attractive. People keep saying it, people that I don't even know. She said, like, you know, like the guy doing the suitcases at the airport or whatever. It's like, you're really a cutie. And she said, it just keeps coming out of nowhere. But the weird thing is, is that she said there was a woman behind me that was just like model gorgeous. And they didn't say anything to her. And here I am, my hair in a ponytail, no makeup on. I had my sweat clothes on. And people are like, wow, you sure are attractive. And she said, and it's not in a creepy way, it, but it's just coming from everywhere. And she said, I can't figure out why. <laughs> because I've always taken care to do the clothes and the makeup and everything. But it keeps happening when I'm in a ponytail, no makeup. I just walk out of the gym and someone says, wow, you're really an attractive person. Why is this happening? And I just was cracking up. And I said, of course, <laughs> I will bet you that when you do your mirror work, your hair is in a ponytail, no makeup, right? Because I always said, just do it in the morning when you're washing your face. She said, oh, my goodness. <laughs> 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 and I said, it's a mirror. Yes. The universe is a mirror. This is reflecting your self-love back to you. So the the other thing I'll say is that when you do these self-care measures, when you give yourself some water, when you feed yourself, like Jackie's doing it so beautifully with her quiet time, beautiful lunch on the balcony in her prettiest bowl, right? When you do those things, pay attention and have some awareness about doing them with an intention of love. And I use this. This example, it's not that I don't like cats, but I've always lived with family members who are highly allergic. So I haven't had a cat since I was a kid. But I could take care of Walt's cats while he went on vacation. I could give them water and food and make sure that their litter box is clean. I could totally take care of them and not love them. Mm. Right? But when Walt takes care of them, he's loving on them. It's love. It's informed by love. So I can take care of the little child that lives next door and not be in love with the little child. I can make sure it gets a nap and babysit it for an hour, make sure it has water and food. So there's the self-care, right? right. But it's totally different when that child's mother is taking care of him and that mm -hmm. water and that food and that rocking it to sleep. It's all done with just this huge outpouring of love. So when you're taking care of yourself, Make sure that your intention is that you're doing it because you love yourself. You know, I saw a meme one time that said it was talking about dieting and exercising and all of that. Right. It said, do that because you love your body, not because you hate your body. Yes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that was yes. powerful. So that's where just do everything with do everything that let everything you do in your whole life be informed by love. And then it won't be an issue. Right. <laughs> That's what I call tending. Tending are the small tasks that we repeat to look after the thriving of something we cherish. So when you're tending to your home, you're tending to your plants, you're tending to your body, you're tending to the world, all of this, they're the small tasks we repeat often because we're invested in the thriving of something we cherish. And this is how you shift housework out of a chore into tending and how you shift drinking water into it from a chore into something that's tending. It's all the infam being informed by love, by cherishing something. Um, and yeah, that's, 
It's, it's so, so valuable. And as far as self-esteem goes, self-esteem rises in the presence of love. Yes. Mm -hmm. So there is a brilliant piece um, in the movie Funny Girl that Barbara Streisand stars in. She starts off, she catches sight of her. She's all just plain and she's not famous yet. And she catches sight of herself in the mirror and she looks at herself. She looks herself in the eye and she goes, hello, gorgeous. <laughs> and later you see her doing that all the time. She looks right. in the mirror and she goes, hello, gorgeous. And she's doing it when people are saying, your nose is too big. Your mouth is too big. You're, you don't, you're not properly beautiful, right? Um, and she keeps doing this and eventually they go, she's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, and so, and that was Fanny Bryce. That was a, a, a real person, real person who yeah. apparently looked like the back of a bus, but didn't believe <laughs> anybody saying so. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a, a very English expression. <laughs> but, but she didn't believe it, and the world believed what she believed. <laughs> yes, that's it right there. Is the world became the mirror. Yes, your outsides will reflect your insides. So that's how we start. Wow. Such a juicy conversation. Right? This, this, I know this, this, I'm watching tonight. Oh, it's my, one of my favorites. It really yeah. is. It's such a it's a sad story, but yeah, it's it's so it's so powerful. She herself Fanny Bryce was so powerful. And I got to thank you Cindy because what you talked about um the importance of doing the mirror exercises, you answered a question that I've been wrestling with for the last week and a half. Oh, good. What she does I, that. I, I, I've documented it here on the show. I won't go into all the details. But basically, I had a crash and burn a week and a half ago, and I've been climbing out ever since. But as a result of that, I, I've been kind of stuck with where the tire program is concerned. I hadn't made any progress in the last week. In fact, I have a, a, a coaching call scheduled with the head coach of the program for next Monday, I think it is. To address that particular thing and you just gave me the answer because i haven't been doing the mirror work lately and you know i've been i've been doing mirror work for for years and then i just yes. stopped doing it and and you just reminded me i'm not actually giving myself that information every day mm -hmm. that's what will get yeah. me over this hump yeah that, that's what's going to shift the whole thing and it's like jackie i love the word she always used the word tending and i love it so much it's so perfect mm. because you know it's like mirror work is tending so yeah. you don't water a plant once and then three months later it dies and you're like, well, I, I watered it when I first got it, right? <laughs> oh. yeah. Or you look at the kid you know, and you went, I fed you last week. What's the problem? <laughs> you know, that's that old joke, right? It's like, you never tell me you love me. Well, I married you, didn't I? It's like, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We, we need to tell ourselves and show ourselves mm. every day. It's a daily, it's a daily practice. So. Uh. And one of the most powerful questions you can ask is, what have I stopped doing that I know works? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because we all know the stuff that works. We haven't been on this planet as long as we have and not know what works. Um, and, and, and we try and talk our way out of it and wiggle around it, but we know what works. And so honor your knowing. Well, thank you for bringing back the, the happy into the, your daily dose of happy for me because you really did it today, guys. Really yeah, cool. so good. So good. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, live streamers, for all of your wonderful comments, too. That really helped. Especially thank you to podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.